we were gone. We attended services in South Texas the last two Sundays. It is so good to be back at Impact. I mean, sometimes I think Dale sneaks in some country songs. Then I went to South Texas. And if you are new here, you might be picking up what I think of country music. But it is good to be back. You know how sometimes you have a favorite song that you love to sing every time it comes on the radio? You might not know it, but pastors have favorite messages that they preach too. And I'm going to bring for you today one of my favorites. And if you happen to have been here in the summer of 2010, you might recognize it. Or if you were at Revolution a couple of years ago, you might recognize it. But I hope that you will um, enjoy it for the first time or enjoy it again because it just fits so well with what we're trying to say. So let's pray together, shall we? Would you just, in your own way, quietly say to the Lord, speak to me today? Lord, open our hearts that we might hear you, encourage us, change us, convict us, help us to become the people that you want us to be. Father, help us to remain true. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm guessing that you were read this story that I'm going to talk about also, about the little engine that could. I remember both my mom and my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Mears, reading this story to us. And if you know the story, you know it's about Little Toot Toot. Little Toot Toot is this small locomotive and he spends most of his time in the train yard because he just doesn't have enough power and energy, they don't think, to pull the big hill that is just outside the train yard. And so he spends most of his time in the train yard pulling around other cars. And then one day, something happens. One of the large, powerful locomotives breaks down and they need someone from the train yard to go and tow this large train back into the train yard. And the only one there is Little Toot Toot. And so they say, can you go do this? And if you know the story, you know what he said. He said, I think I can. And so he takes off, and he goes up the hill, and he goes down the hill. They hook him up to the big train. And I don't know how your mom or your kindergarten teacher read it to you, but the way that they read it to me was as little Toot Toot began, he started saying, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then he came to the big hill. And this is the way Mrs. Mears would read it to our kindergarten class. As he started up the hill, he said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I 
And then little Toot Toot crests the hill and he starts coasting down, successful in his endeavor. And I love the back page of the book that we had in the home I grew up in because as they're coming into the train yard, the crowd is cheering, everyone's clapping and jumping for joy. And little Toot Toot has this huge smile just above the cow catcher on the front of the locomotive. You know what that story is, don't you? It's the story of a nobody who became somebody because he stayed with the job until it was finished. Now, let's face it. Most of us here are nobodies. We're nobodies. I mean, most of us aren't famous. You won't see most of us on television or in the movies. We're just ordinary nobodies. And the truth is, many of us stay nobodies all of our lives because we quit too soon. We quit too soon. I mean, we can never be the little train that could because we're too busy sitting around on our caboose. We quit too soon. And if you're like me, you have many unfinished projects around your house. This winter, I am going to finish painting the upstairs hallway and my TV room, and I really mean it, just like I meant it for the last three winters when I said that exact same thing. Do you have projects around your house that you quit on too soon? Or maybe you quit school too early, and now you regret not getting that degree. Some of you have quit jobs too soon. Some of you have quit marriages too soon. Some of you have even given up on Jesus and the church too soon. So it's easy to feel not just like a nobody, but like a nobody who has totally failed. And if you have ever felt that way, I have good news for you. The Bible teaches us that we can be somebody with God if we'll just stay committed and not quit. Today, we're finishing our re-series. We've been looking at things that we might need to redo or restore or restart. And today, we will talk about how important it is to remain true. And to teach you about that today, I want to talk to you about one of the nobodies in the Bible. Many of you have never even heard his name before. It isn't mentioned in the Old Testament. His name isn't mentioned in any of the four books of the Bible that talk about the life of Jesus, even though this person was around during all of those days. His name isn't mentioned from Acts chapter 2 to Revelation chapter 22, the end of the Bible. His name is only mentioned two times in the whole Bible, and both times it's mentioned, it's in the last half of the first chapter of Acts. Let me set up the story of where we are in history. Jesus has died on the cross, and he has risen from the dead. And then in the first part of Acts chapter 1, Jesus goes back to heaven but before he goes, he promises that he will give his followers special strength, that he will give them special power. Now, while they're waiting for the special power that Jesus promised them, 
Peter, the leader of Jesus' followers at this point, decides it's time to replace Judas. You know, Judas who had betrayed Jesus, and he had committed suicide after betraying Jesus. And uh, we will pick up where Peter is spelling out what the resume of Judas's replacement should look like. And Peter says this, starting in verse 21 of Acts chapter 1. So we need someone else to help us tell others that Jesus has been raised from death. He must also be one of the men who was with us from the very beginning. He must have been with us from the time the Lord Jesus was baptized by John until the day he was taken to heaven. Two men were suggested. One of them was Joseph Barsabbas, known as Justice, and the other was Matthias. Then they all prayed, Lord, you know what everyone is like. Show us the one you have chosen to be an apostle and to serve in place of Judas, who got what he deserved. They drew names, and Matthias was chosen to join the group of the 11 apostles. Matthias is only mentioned these two times in the Bible, but he was a nobody who became a somebody because he didn't quit. And his life can give us some clues on how we can remain true. Let me point out three clues as we look a little closer at Matthias's life. First, to avoid quitting, to remain true, you must review your commitments. Review your commitment. It helps to go back from time to time and remember the promises you made and why you felt like they were so important at the time. The passage tells us that Matthias's commitment began at a baptism. A man we now call John the Baptizer was preaching and baptizing people. He, he was a strange man. He ate grasshoppers, and he wore animal skins, but when he preached, he had God in him, and the crowds of people were just going out to hear him all the time, and Matthias went to listen. And we don't know how many times Matthias had been to hear John, but we know what happened one day when Matthias went to listen to John preach. On this particular day, John was preaching, and he was calling for people to turn away from their sin. He was calling for people to turn towards God, to show uh, that through baptism. And on this day, Jesus stepped out of the crowd and said, John, I want you to baptize me. And John said, I'm not worthy. You should baptize me instead. But Jesus said, no, John, you must baptize me. It's the right thing to do. And so John and Jesus stepped deeper into the river and John baptized Jesus. And when he finished, John saw the heavens open up and the Spirit of God came down on Jesus in the form of a dove. And the voice of God said, this is my son and I'm pleased with him. Now, the Bible doesn't really tell us if the crowd saw the heavens open or if the crowds heard the voice of God, or if just John heard that. But we know, we know that Matthias heard what happened next. As Jesus was walking out of the river, dripping with water, water still dripping from his hair and his beard, John turned to the crowd and he pointed to Jesus and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sin. 
And that was all Matthias needed to hear. He decided right then at that baptism to follow Jesus. He made a commitment to become one of the followers of Jesus. And at some point, he promised Jesus that he would follow him. You know, my commitment began at a baptism. I grew up at a Christian home, and I went to church all of my life. But at age nine, I went to a Christian camp, and a man was speaking, and he was telling a Bible story that I had heard before, but somehow this time, it just seemed different. Something inside me was different. And he asked those who wanted to promise to follow Jesus to step out to the front, and I did. And the next Sunday, my dad baptized me, and I remember coming up out of the water of the baptistry and thinking, now I'm forgiven. Now I am a follower of Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And I remember laying in bed that night and praying, and I remember promising Jesus that I would always do my best for him, that I would always do what he asked me to do, that I would always keep my promises for him. I'm sorry to say I haven't always kept those promises that I made. Though I really meant it at the time, sometimes I've not done a good job of keeping my promises. But let me ask you, how long has it been since you reviewed your commitment? I mean, if you want to remain true, you should answer each of the questions that we'll talk about today. Here's the first one. Here's a question for finishers. How am I doing at keeping my promises? How am I doing at keeping my promises? And if you're a Christ follower, you made promises to Jesus. How are you doing at keeping those promises? Obviously, keeping our commitment to Jesus is the most important thing, but what about your other promises? How are you doing at keeping your promise to love your spouse for a lifetime? How are you doing at keeping your promise to pay your bills? How are you doing with your giving commitment and your commitment to serve Jesus and your commitment to avoid gossip? How are you doing keeping your promises? Reviewing your commitment is important, and we gain a second clue from the life of Matthias. When you feel like quitting, to remain true, you must continue your commitment. You must continue your commitment. Again, we know this about Matthias based on the qualifications they laid down for the person who would replace Judas. Look again at what it says in the last part of verse 21 and verse 22. He must also be one of the men who was with us from the very beginning. He must have been with us from the time the Lord Jesus was baptized by John until the day that he was taken to heaven. Matthias followed Jesus from the time Jesus was baptized until Jesus was taken back to heaven. And uh, so it was after he died, after he rose from the dead. And that means he kept following and he kept serving Jesus even during some really difficult times. Think about it. It's easy to follow during easy times. But to stay committed during difficult times, you have to constantly review your commitment and renew your commitment. Let me tell you about three days while Matthias was following that he had to decide 
whether or not to continue his commitment. He stayed committed the day he didn't get picked. The day he wasn't picked. One day, Jesus gathered all of his followers together and he said, I'm going to choose 12 people to be really close to me. 12 people to go through leadership training to really learn from me. And Matthias was there and I've got to think he wanted to be chosen. And Jesus said, I choose Peter and Andrew and James and John. And when Jesus finished reading the list, Matthias's name wasn't on it. Now, how do you react when you're not picked? You know, you aren't asked to be on the worship team or you aren't asked to go to dinner with those other couples after the kids' ball game or you aren't asked to the neighborhood block party. How do you react? Yeah, I think Matthias re probably reacted the same way. I think he went home and pouted. I mean, he probably slammed the door as he went in and he plopped down in his chair and his wife said, what's wrong? And he said, nothing because that's what men always say. And he pouted all through dinner. And his wife said, honey, obviously something's wrong. Please tell me what it is. Matthias said, do you know where I was today? And his wife said, yep, you were following that Jesus. That's where you are every day. I mean, the screen door is broken, but you're following Jesus. <laughs> Leaves need to be raked, but you're out following Jesus. Matthias said softly, yeah, I was following Jesus. And today, today he said he was going to pick 12 guys to be especially close to him. And honey, I wanted him to pick me. But he didn't. And then Matthias probably said, but do you know who he did pick? He picked Peter. His wife said, you mean that loudmouth fisherman? And Matthias said, yeah. And Matthew. And his wife said, you mean the tax collector? Everyone hates him. Some things never change. Then Matthias' wife probably said, well, if I were you, I wouldn't go to his church anymore. I would stop following him. And I think Matthias probably thought for a minute, and then he said softly, I have to. I have to keep following. I committed myself and when he speaks, something inside me just moves. I have to keep following. So he continued his commitment even the day that he didn't get picked. He also stayed the day that others quit. He also stayed committed the day that others quit. John chapter 6 tells us about a day when Jesus taught some things that the crowd didn't like. He told them what he was going to do would be different than what they thought that he would do and what they wanted him to do. And Jesus said he was going to keep following God's plan and those who follow him would need to be willing to follow God's plan also. And on that day, many people decided not to follow Jesus anymore. 
many people decided not to follow Jesus anymore. They left his church, and Matthias must have known some of them. I mean, he had to have many friends in that crowd of people who left, and I imagine some of them said, come on, Matthias, come with us. We hear there's another teacher down the road who's easier to follow. He says things that we like to hear, and he's willing to do things the way that we want them done, and Matthias must have thought about it. I mean, it must have been hard to say to his friends, I'm going to keep following Jesus. I'm going to keep doing things God's way rather than the easy way. And some of you who have watched people that you love walk away from this church know how much it hurts. And it must have hurt Matthias, and it must have been hard for him to watch his friends walk away while he stayed. But he continued his commitment, and he stayed. He also stayed committed the day that Jesus died. And that must have been the hardest day of all. Matthias had heard John say that Jesus is the one that would save the world. As he followed him, Matthias had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the promised rescuer from God. And then he watched Jesus die on the cross. And he must have wondered if he had been a fool. He must have wondered if he had made a mistake believing what Jesus said would happen. He must have thought about packing it in. The doubt, the discouragement, the depression of those three days must have been overwhelming. But three days later, when Jesus appeared to his followers alive again, Matthias was still there and he was still following. And he was still following when Jesus went back to heaven over a month later. See, Matthias faced some difficult days, but each time he continued his commitment and he stayed put. Look at the question for finishers. Ask yourself, am I using a bad day as an excuse for breaking a promise? Am I using a bad day as an excuse for breaking a promise? All of us have bad days from time to time. Those days aren't the day to decide to break our commitment it's the day to decide to continue our commitment to be honest i've had some times some bad days or a bad month that has made me think of quitting while god's doing great things here we aren't seeing the increase in finances that we expected and leading both campuses has been uh, kind of a challenge and with everything else going on it's been a time of extreme fatigue for me and for the other staff members and you might be going through a similar time in your job or where you volunteer uh, at church or even in your walk with God but I'm not quitting and neither should you I love the story of Patty Wilson at a young age, Patty Wilson wanted to be a distance runner, but early in her teens, she was diagnosed with epilepsy. And her doctor indicated that because of the risk of seizures, she probably shouldn't run. And she was very discouraged, and she was pretty depressed, and her parents were really worried about her. And one day, her dad, Jim, was jogging, and he noticed a man jogging with what looked like horse hooves at the end of his legs. And he asked the man about it, and the man explained that he had lost both feet, but he loved to jog, so he had these special uh, prosthetic uh, designs so that he could run. And Jim went home, and he told Patty about this, and she decided if a man without feet could run, so could a girl with epilepsy. 
So she and her dad started running together, and Patty developed the dream of breaking the world distance record for women. Her story is recorded in the book, Run, Patty, Run. On January 1st, 1975, she ran from La Palma, California to Los Angeles, a distance of about 30 miles. In December of 1975, she ran from La Palma, California to Las Vegas, Nevada, a distance of about 300 miles in 11 days. In June of 1976, as a high school freshman, she ran from La Palma to San Francisco, a distance of about 500 miles in 19 days. And on June 18, 1977, as a sophomore in high school, Patty set out uh, on her record-breaking run. She was going to run from Buena Park, California to Portland, Oregon, a distance of 1,310.5 miles, and that would break the world distance record for women at that time. Literally, one mile into her run, she broke a small bone in her foot. And the doctor examined it and said, you need to stop the run. And Patty said, isn't there any way I can keep running? And the doctor said that he could wrap it, but it would be very painful, and she said, wrap it. He said, no, you don't understand. You'll develop blisters that will have to be drained, and uh, you will risk infection. And she said to her mom, a nurse, can you do that? And her mom said, yes. And Patty said to the doctor, wrap it. He said, I don't suggest it. And she said, wrap my foot. And Patty Wilson finished the run to Portland, Oregon on her 17th birthday, running the last mile with the governor of Oregon. Now, what are you going to do when things don't go your way, when things seem difficult, when things seem impossible, when things seem uh, discouraging? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to run, aren't you? You promised. You made a promise. You aren't going to let a bad day or a bad month or a bad season of marriage stop you, are you? You made a promise. So how about you? Are you going to use a bad day as an excuse or will you decide to continue your commitment to keep your promises? And if you quit right now, you might miss the best and last thing that we learn from the life of Matthias, which is God will reward your commitment. God will reward your commitment. Look again at verse 26. They drew names and Matthias was chosen to join the group of the 11 apostles. Now imagine being nominated as an apostle at the first church business meeting. I mean, the Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine it this way. I imagine that they have this big whiteboard in the front, and Peter says, nominations are now open for the position of apostle. And someone raised his hand and said, I nominate Joseph Barsabbas, you know, that guy people also call Justice. Yeah, the guy with three names. And Peter turns around and he writes that on the whiteboard. And then someone raised their hand and said, I nominate Matthias. Can you imagine Matthias' reaction? Oh, he was probably pretty cool and calm on the outside. And he went, <laughs> but on the inside, he was going, woohoo, yeah, all right. <laughs> and so they prayed, and they asked God to pick the person 
And God said, I choose Matthias, the nobody in the back of the room. You see, God rewarded the faithfulness of Matthias. And don't miss this. God rewarded Matthias not just by giving him the job that he had wanted earlier when Jesus picked the 12, but Matthias was rewarded by being part of the great things that would happen next. He was part of the great things that would happen next. It wasn't too many days after he was chosen. The Bible tells us that God's spirit came down and gave special power to the 12, including Matthias. Powers to heal people and help people. And we read that on that first day, 3,000 people became Christians and they were baptized into Christ. And then 5,000 more became followers of Jesus a little while after that. And Matthias got the blessing of being part of these great days because he remained true. And he finished even when he felt like quitting. Here's a question for finishers. What blessings will I miss if I quit? What blessings are you going to miss if you quit? I got to tell you, Jill and I made a commitment to stay here for a while when we decided to move to serve with you here at Impact. And when that first commitment ended, we made another commitment. And one of the reasons I'm determined to keep that commitment to God and to our church is I really believe our best days are still ahead. I really believe that. God is doing great things at Impact and many people are being influenced for Jesus and I see that growing even more in the future as we continue to open campuses in the area and as, we, as our moon campus gives, uh, a, a, gives the community a place that they can build relationships during the week with others and build a relationship with Jesus on the weekends. And God has already blessed Impact and uh, as many, many people cross the line of faith and are baptized into Jesus and become followers of Jesus. It looks like 2016 will be a year where we break the record for the most baptisms ever in the history of our church in one year. And the previous record was set last year. God's doing great things. Lives are being changed. People are growing with their growth group and they're serving Jesus in new ways and there are so many rewards that come from staying committed. Don't miss the message of this passage. If you quit, you'll miss God's blessings. If you quit on your family, you'll miss more than you know. If you quit on your promises to yourself, you will miss the blessing of knowing that you can do it. If you quit serving, you will miss the joy of influencing others. And if you quit on God, you will miss out on heaven. Don't quit. The cost of quitting is just too high. Let me say one more thing about our friend Matthias. The Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine after Matthias was chosen, they had all of the apostles line up in front. You know, there was Peter and Andrew and James and John, and Matthias stepped to the end of the line. And if you had come in late for that meeting, like many come in late for church, <laughs> if you'd come in late for that meeting, you might say, wait a minute, who's that guy at the end of the line? And you know what the answer would be? 
It's a nobody who became a somebody because he remained committed even when he felt like quitting. He stayed and remained true. You know what? I can do that. You can do that. You can. You can do that. You can finish what you started and God will reward you for it. You can remain true and faithful to God until your last day. And I know we live in a world where people seem to overvalue 15 minutes of fame and undervalue lifelong faithfulness, but that's not God's way. God calls us to remain true, to stay faithful to what he has called us to do. He calls us to not quit, but to push through until we receive the reward that he has ready for us. Let me close by letting you hear what God's word says about this. Galatians 6 says this, so don't get tired of doing what's good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will, receive, we will reap a harvest of blessings at the appropriate time. And then from 1 Corinthians 15, with all this going for us, my dear friends, stand your ground. Don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times when we've quit too soon. Forgive us for the times when we have failed to keep the promises, even the simplest promises we made to you. And Father, thank you so much that even at those times you've kept your promises to us, you've been faithful to us, you have been our champion. We praise you for that. Father, I pray right now that you will give encouragement to those that are thinking about quitting. Father, I pray that you will convict those that are thinking about breaking promises. Help us, Father, to be faithful to you. Help us to remain true just as you have remained true to us. In Jesus' name, amen.